flow slingshot, rock talk, back to block. A ton of white clan cloak, red polka dot. My folks, ops, hop, on they got the Nazi docks. Got they bones all broken, the swastika. Pop the pop, bone head, caught a broken jaw. Good night, white pride sign, that's a nice baton. Whack the skull, motherfucker, get back in your home. Shut the door, don't come around the block no more. Ayo, hard left punches at cops and judges. Deepest dungeons, peeps beat with truncheons. Street, we run this and defeat, they function. Gas in the rubber bullet, blasting guns and attack. They funding, collapse and bun them, smash them fascists, crap they unzis, clap like thunder, up who come numbers, man run that map, the anti-fash don't slumber. Good morning and welcome to a very special episode of RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania. Heard every Wednesday at 11am right here on WRIRLP 97.3 FM Richmond Independent Radio. Today we are joined by some folks who require anonymity to do the Lord's work. Our guests are true public servants and we respect their right to privacy and safety. Therefore, Melissa has disguised their voices. In solidarity with our guests, Melissa has disguised RVA Dirt's voices as well. Because it was fun. And she's 40. It's her party and she'll modulate if she wants to. Enjoy the show. Thank you for joining us on this week's Municipal Mania. We have an exciting episode. I mean, to be fair, it's always exciting. But Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, of course, it's Jesse, Melissa, and Brian. But we also have two special guests here with us. Um, I'm going to hand it over to them to actually introduce themselves, though. Hey, this is the Queer Crimer from Twitter. But anyways, girl, what are we learning today? Um, we're going to talk about doxing Nazis mm. tonight. Oh, all right. Yeah, and this is Hemlock with Antifa Seven Hills. Awesome. Oh my gosh. Welcome. Thanks. I'm so really excited. excited. This here. is my 40th birthday show, so I'm really excited that this is oh, actually happening birthday. as yes. a topic. Because birthday topic. It's a fun birthday topic, right? <laughs> fun. It is. As a double-edged sword, <laughs> which we'll talk about. Yes. So, um, as a quick backstory of what brought everybody to this episode today is that um, recently there were some logs that were released and there has been a large high volume of doxing going on of people that are white supremacists, that are fascists, that are Nazis, neo-Nazis, kind of any shade and variety of um, terrible people that you yeah. can think of, really, here in uh, Richmond and nationally. Uh-huh. So... You both have been involved in some of these doxes. Uh, could you maybe give and start with what are some of the terms and definitions that we should all know? Um, so basically, doxing is accumulating, researching, and finding people's information and content that they put online and tying all that together into a report that you release to the public um, to try to get results to get them known by the public and sometimes to get them fired from their jobs. So it's not to gather, like, a large group of dachshunds. Aww. <laughs> no, although that does sound pretty cute. Right? I mean... I, I would love a lot of dachshunds. Wouldn't be opposed. Wouldn't be opposed to a large group of dachshunds. But, yeah, so um, there's the Independent Media Collective Unicorn Riot. Um, and starting back in 2017, uh, just after Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, um, this media collective started uh, publishing various chat logs of various groups of, of white nationalists and white power groups uh, that mainly use this uh, platform or this app called Discord. It's very popular among gamers because you can you can chat on it, you can do voice voice chatting, all sorts of things, you know, whatever kind of messaging app. But it's really popular among gamers who we've seen 
in the past decade or so really have kind of tied into this whole uh, in wider introduction of white, super white supremacy and white power mo movements like Gamergate and things like that. So they, they have begun releasing these, these logs, yeah, 2017, of various servers or, or basically different chat rooms from different groups, thing from planning the Unite the Right to groups like um, Patriot Front or um, Vanguard America, now Vanguard America, and most recently the Identity Europa logs. Um, and that's what we've uh, been working on recently and what we're going to be talking about mostly today. What kind of content is typically in the logs? There's a lot of bad stuff in there. Yeah, it really runs the gamut. And, um, you know, it, it does vary somewhat depending on who, you know, the members of the group. So uh, Identity Europa, just kind of the profile of their group, they tend to be the more uh, suit and tie Nazis. Uh -huh. They like they really try to... Keep Business the... Nazis! Yeah, exactly. Business they, Nazis. They really try to keep this clean cut, uh, image and and this veneer okay. of uh, you know politic not politically correct but um, the corporate fascist yeah, exactly, uh, exactly I mean openly yes but when you read through thousands of these the posts that they're making there there's a lot of content with lots of racial slurs um, a lot of discrimination a lot of talking openly about raping people um, so there's there's a lot of just really toxic stuff here. Um, that they privately talk about. And then they dress room. it up. Yeah, yeah. And, and what they believe at the time is a, a confidential private chat, right? So we see a lot of a lot of anti-Semitic messaging or you know conversation because mm -hmm. they're all joking with each other because this is their safe private. Space. This is their safe space, right? Gross. That they like to um, you know try to throw in leftist face. Um, but yeah, so they you know lots of anti-Semitic, racial, and ethnic denigration. Uh, and it's it's really sickening, uh, and I can tell you after looking at these these chat logs for hours and hours on end, it it really takes a toll. So mm -hmm. anyone out there that is looking at these and and following up, like be sure to take a break and, and give yourself some uh, some health time on that. Yeah, for sure. yeah, self care. I was gonna ask if you guys have any uh, tips on self care that y'all do. Anything advice? Oh, that's a lot. It's heavy. Keep your life balanced. You yeah, know, spend some time doing this, but. Also spend time doing things that get your mind away from this. Yeah, for sure. Really just like going outside, like spending time with your friends and your loved ones and doing like just regu kitty, regular geez. fun things, you know? Yeah, pet your dog. You know? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> actually get a hug, pile of dogs. Hug a minority. Yeah. They've also coached their members. I, I feel like I've read articles about how they coach their members to publicly put on a certain face and say things that are more borderline to where it's open to interpretation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Unicorn Riot, again, published some uh, more recent information around Identity Europa actually helped pay for some of their members to attend. Uh, well, let me, let me backtrack. I'm not sure if the organization paid or they made their members pay because huh. that's part of kind of what they do is they get money from their members to to fund their their racism uh but they they worked with this pr firm and to help get their members to learn how to say certain things or deflect um you know questions that they might encounter not a communication class for racists yes 100 percent. help me jesus yeah 100 percent. and so on uh, on unicornriot.ninja which is the the website um they have some some examples of that and it's it's just wild you know? a pr class so what would be the thing that most people the average person would know identity europa for like mentally what they might have seen them in the news with there's anything to connect them with that way 
for reference or context for people? I mean, their their biggest PR stunts usually are putting stickers out places and trying to get the information published. And anytime that hits the media, they think that is a victory because instead of seeing 30,000 people on Twitter seeing it, they think that you have a quarter million people reading about it in the paper. So that's that's really the big thing they did that you'll find them talking about as far as getting their name out there. Yeah, they, amongst, I'm sorry, uh, amongst uh, radical folks, they will be very familiar with them being at Charlottesville. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of when they came on my radar, at least. The group itself uh, formed um, in late 2016, early 2017 by this uh, violent ex-Marine, uh, Nathan D'Amigo, out in Southern California. Uh, and so he kind of, uh, the Identity Europe itself is a rebrand of the National Youth Front, which is was like the youth wing of another white power organization. Um, but yeah, so Identity Europe was um, a big part of the planning and organizing around the Unite the Right event in Charlottesville in 2017. Um, and they had a large contingent of uh, their members out there as well and then locally they were also seen um volunteering mm. with the trash pickup yeah people might have seen that in an article about it in rva mag to give kind of an idea of like what does it mean to be a corporate fascist oh. right i think they saw the hashtag that weekend of service yeah. where they went and picked up litter at texas beach um and then pasted their stickers do they paste stickers uh, i think i think they might have post- pasted a few but you know it was, yeah, it was really a, an attempt to sanitize uh their image you know oh we're just you know civic do-gooders um, but that's just a way to kind of rope, rope people in and say, oh, well, let me find out more. Guess what? They're racist, fascists. And so as this has progressed over the past probably a few weeks now, I think I saw that there's been a running log of 50 people nationwide that have been doxxed, at least. This is just what's been collected at um, an account called Panic at the Discord, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic name. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> um, but then there's also other groups that are collecting more. So I don't know if there's more of those, but it's been a pretty widespread um, approach. Yes, yeah. it's, I mean, you could say it's a continental effort. I've even had people as far as Canada reaching out and wanting to help identify fascist people in heathen communities. So it's something that, you know, definitely nationwide, there is a whole network of people that are just pouring through these logs and, you know, communicating with each other, trying to put all these pieces together and identify as many as possible. I think we're almost up to 50, yeah. Fran, I think you... um were someone that we were talking through in a group chat and you know with 50 of them coming out i know i'm probably sending you them like every both of you guys like hey guys there's another one guys there's another one there's another one um what have you guys also thought i just want to bring you guys into the conversation a little bit well you want to go first well i mean you always knew they were there but you didn't always realize they were that close or um in a position to save your life or save somebody else's life or take somebody's life yeah it it's um, it's staggering. Mm-hmm. It really is staggering yeah. to me um, how close they are, hidden in every corner. You know. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just like seriously, if you could see my mm-hmm. um, hair stand up on just thinking about it. Is... Mm-hmm. So for me, mm-hmm. as a black person, it's different. Yeah. <laughs> because you know you have the talk with your kids. Or you get the talk from your parents when you're very young. And that fear slash (laughs) awakeness of things around you are instilled in you in order to be able to survive. 
And so, you know, some people call it black folklore, you know, black people are superstitious, whatever. But you're taught to expect for the cops to be racist. They're the new age KKK without hoods. And that was the way that the older people of the older generations would tell you to be fearful of cops and, and people of that type of authority because that had been the black experience in America. And so black people knew that they existed. You know, it, it's it's not a surprise to, to, to us. It's not a surprise to me. I'm not, you know, shocked by it. Um, I know they're close. I encounter them all the time, but it's not just the police either. Um, you're taught as you, especially if you go through, um, you know, secondary education and you go to college and you you know you talk about especially in our generation as millennials you know you get the job you go to corporate america and then you hit this wall because as a black person there's always going to be some white fascist that's above you that's going to hinder you from you know getting to this next place and if you don't go to corporate america it's the clerk at city hall that throws your business application in the trash or it's the inspector that's you know coming to inspect your business that could put you out of business or it's the you know it, it's always somebody right and so even though i guess having that type of thought process instilled in you it's it's problematic because it makes you not trust anybody but when you have things like this like these doxings that come out like you know like, like she said we talk about it all the time in group text and they'll send it and sometimes i'm quiet i'll just be like yay and that's all i say because i'm not necessarily surprised but at the same time i'm so happy that it's coming out because for so long it took far too much effort to be able to nail that down and to be able to say, you know, I mean, I can tell you a thousand times that this cop pulls me over, I'm being racially profiled, and there'll be some bullshit that they'll, you know, somebody will come up with and say, well, no, it's your fault, you know, don't be combative to the police or don't whatever. And it's like, I'm a law-abiding citizen, I'm not doing anything but driving home or, you know, minding my business. But this person is profiling me and I'm telling you that they're profiling me and nobody will listen. And so to have, especially in this day and age with the way technology is, to have those things confirmed and have these people outed, it really puts the institution of power and where these people work and the communities that these people live in, it holds them accountable because now we've pointed out the wolf among you. What are you going to do about it? And before, for so many black people, it was, if you're brave enough to point the finger at the wolf in the crowd, you might get, be the one who's ostracized because you don't have the facts. You don't got the receipts. And so to have somebody out there, a group of people, you know, a network of people working together to out these people, it couldn't make me happier because that's the vindication that black people didn't get for so damn long. And at the same time, it's scary because a part of you wants to believe that it's folklore. <laughs> a part of you, in order, I mean, that's just a part of basic survival. A part of you wants to be like, I know that's what they always said. Maybe I just encountered the bad one or, so, you know, you want to not believe it. And so at the same time, when I'm elated, I'm also absolutely terrified because it's that confirmation that we need but nobody wants because now the truth is out. Right. Then they got to face the facts. Right? Now, now the trash is out. So now who's going to, what, what are we going to do about it? And so I, I guess for black people for so long in this country, we've always been skeptical because very rarely do racists get held accountable. And we've just gotten to a point now where you can point the finger at a racist act or someone doing something that's blatantly racist and not have to worry about the fallback. Because in the past, it didn't work. You know, you didn't if you didn't have the receipts, if you didn't have the facts, you weren't believed. And so it's almost ostracized black people from doing that. So I know personally for me, I'm and I'm trying not to cry. <laughs> but I know personally for me, it it 
makes me so happy, but it also makes me, it just pisses me off so bad that somebody has to take their free damn time to track this crap, this bullshit on the internet that somebody in their safe space is joking about raping people and killing people and all of these just disgusting ass things. It You have to give up your free time and, and put your mental health on the line to catch these bastards. And then they get caught and they have the audacity to be like, well, what's wrong with what I'm doing? What world are we living in? So, you know, it makes me, I'm, I'm, you know, I have mixed feelings. I'm happy, but it's like, good Lord, it's 2019 and this is what we're, mm -hmm. this is what people have to devote their free time to, to outing fascists. Yeah. Damn. Seriously. Like, I know, it's, it's breathtaking. It is, it's breathtaking. And when I grew up, I didn't really, I don't know, maybe I was sheltered from it. I didn't really see a lot of it. I was an only child and I just didn't really see a lot of it until I moved into the city. And then it was like, eyes open. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, I didn't, uh, there was no way I could have experienced anything like you're experiencing, but I'm still so thankful that people like you guys exist. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Because otherwise I wouldn't know. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's a big, a, a large misconception around anti-racist and anti-fascist work is that, you know, everyone thinks it's, uh, we're going out like punching Nazis, <laughs> you know, and I would be fine with that. I mean, actually. right. You know. <laughs> You know, uh, allegedly. Rules of America, you know, it's all right to punch a Nazi, right? Right. But, <laughs> but you know, it's really, it's really the majority of it is doing this, you know, largely internet-based research. Yeah. Um, and, you know, once we are finding out who these people are, then it's organizing call-in campaigns and, and sending emails and just letting people know, hey, this person is a member of a racist and fascist organization mm -hmm. and they are your this is your neighbor this is your employee this is your co-worker this is your police officer at your kid's school mm. you know sick. oh god that's sick yeah and so that's why we do it because people need to know yeah and i mean obviously with the uh virginia capital police officer they could have researched what tattoo stan was covering with a band-aid on his neck right. and asked these questions it took me looking at him for five seconds and then going home and saying who is this mother <laughs> And it's been over a month that he's been on a paid vacation. Haven't wrapped up an investigation as of last week, and we don't really know where that stands at this point. So yeah, let's kind of uh, jump into some of the, the doxes that you guys have uh, worked on here. So the first one you just brought up is Robert Stam. Yes. And this was actually before the Discord, the most recent like drop of Discord logs. Um, and so he was a Virginia Capitol Police officer. Right. And you just happened to see... Right, we were um, on Capitol grounds for the protest to have Governor Northam resign after his whole blackface thing mm. and which still hashtag Northam resign but yeah thank you. so it's not happen oh and won't but we were out there you know protesting for um against the pipeline and Union Hill and trying to tie all these things in together with Northam and his racism and Dominion power and one of the Virginia Capitol police officers was positioned in front of the mansion with a band-aid covering his neck so like I said, went home, researched him, and found that he also was covered in many questionable tattoos, which could be fine if you're just a pagan, but when you're also posting images of a known hate group over your profile picture, it kind of changes those tattoos. When you're standing in front of a flag of a far-right German fascist group in your weightlifting room, it kind of changes those tattoos. It um, adds a little context for sure. It definitely does. A couple of days of digging went into Stam, 
and a report was made on a Sunday night, and by 10 o'clock the next morning, he was on paid suspension, oh. and still is on suspension. So, we, yeah, we haven't really heard much back from the Capitol Police other than that, you know, he's on paid leave, and they're investigating. We, they haven't told us what the process is or what they expect a kind of timeline will be, but we're going to keep the pressure on, and, you know, if they fire him, great. If they let him back on, they better be ready for, for a bigger fight. Diving further into, which we'll talk about later, um, the other doxes that we've done, um, we've also uncovered Stam's affiliation with the uh, Chesterfield police officer that is in the white nationalist group. So, like, you know, sometimes you think a dox is done, and then you realize four weeks later it's not done because there's more information that you didn't find the first time. With further investigation, we found more solid affiliations with Stam and more hate groups. Um, so we're hoping that Colonel Pike with the Capitol Police is actually looking into this. Um, because we're investigating his officers, but is he? That's a good question. And that's just one. Uh -huh. That's just one, yeah. And yeah, it was, it's been really interesting kind of finding that um, this heathen or paganist worship group, um, that's what they call themselves, um, it somehow has become this really weird nexus of police officers uh. and... Um, r more racist, uh, you know, kind of pure, pure blood kind of thinking, you know. So yeah, this this heathen pagan group is and that has multiple members of the police of various uh, various departments uh, across across the area, and we know Daniel Morley, the Chesterfield officer, is a confirmed member of Identity Europa. Uh, Rob Stam from the Capitol Police. We don't have official, you know, membership of any group other than the Asatru Folk Assembly, um, which is the, the hate group that um, Queer Kramer was referring to. Um, so, you know, it's not the religion itself that, that makes someone a racist or a fascist, but it's all these other things that kind of uh, are just more grains or more, more chains and links in the chain. So the, something that struck me is moving forward into some of the rest of them. So the first one in the early days of when the, the logs dropped was Patrick Casey. And I think what really struck me with Patrick Casey is that early on, and we said 50 of them have come out now, Doxes, how high up this person is within Identity Europa yeah. and how close they are here in Richmond. Yep. Yeah. Um, so if you guys can kind of go over to like Patrick Casey. Yeah. For sure. Um, so Patrick Casey is um, the third and current uh, executive director um, of, well, technically Identity Europa has... Uh, rebranded again? Quote unquote, not a rebrand, but it's <laughs> definitely a rebrand uh -huh. uh, into what they call the American Identity Movement, uh, which is just like total BS. But we'll get a, we'll talk about that in a little bit, I think. But uh, so Patrick Casey, he joined uh, the organization uh, when he was a college student at the um, San Diego State in California. So the same Southern California area where the group was founded. Um, and I guess he just kind of stuck it out. Mm. And so uh, the first leader left uh, directly after Unite the Right. Um, and then their second. Where'd they go? Uh, he... 
left, quote-unquote, quote left the movement. He basically had a, a breakdown and was getting sued. The organization was getting sued as has been under, uh, still under litigation. So he basically dropped out and was saying, like, I need to get my life more on track, something to that effect. Because I don't want them to take my house and my family's outside. Right, For exactly. being a fascist. Okay, cool. Right. And then there was a second guy, um, Eli Klein or Eli Mosley, um, that was just like rise and fall real quick. Um, he, one a big part of his demise was he kept claiming that he was a, a veteran of, of Iraq. Uh, was not at all. I can't. So... <laughs> Yeah, you know, so that that was its its own whole thing. Stolen valor. I mean, was he a veteran at all? No. You sit on a throne of lies. He was never never enlisted. Well, at least he didn't have heels first. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Patrick Casey, um, he currently lives in Harrisonburg, Virginia. We, you know, through our various methods of research, um, found out the. The LLC, well, on the Identity Europa website, they list a P.O. box for Newmarket, Virginia. Which is right beside Harrisonburg. Right. It's like 10, 20 minutes um, mm -hmm. away from Harrisonburg. So we're like, hmm, that's interesting. And then once the chat logs were released, we were able to find out the LLC that the group used. Quick search on the, SC, the Virginia SEC website. Boom. There's Patrick Casey listed as the agent. Mm -hmm. And what do you know? It's his home, home address in Harrisonburg as well. So he he had been working uh, not only as a director of Identity Europa, but also as a media contributor to another far-right, alt-right media platform uh, called Red Ice, also based in Harrisonburg. Huh. Um, the two people that fa founded and, and run that also live in Harrisonburg, fun fact. So there's oh. a little weirdness going on there. Uh -huh. A little rally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kumbaya. I was just thinking about Newmarket is actually where the Battle of Newmarket was, which is where the VMI cadets uh, rushed and PS, totally what Tom Farrell made his movie about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that terrible Field of Lost Shoes. Yeah. Like the, the whole rewriting of the history there. Yeah, basically. Just, I always think about just the random things that end up uh, the nexus mm -hmm. of Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so Patrick, Patrick took over uh, Identity Europa after Unite the Right. And so his basically his whole mission since has been to really rebrand rebrand the movement um, or their organization as being that more suit and tie Nazi. Like we're we're nice, we're respectable. Um, we just don't like, <laughs> you okay. know, we're gonna be non quote unquote nonviolent, and we're gonna be uh, everything within the the bounds of the law. Right? It reminds me like vaguely of like a Richard Spencer. Are you like the hipster version of the neo Nazi movement? It's uh, Pepe's become kind of a symbol. Exactly, it's very much on that on that same tip because, and as we see in the chat logs, one of their main goals is to infiltrate the Republican Party and starting at a local level because they say, hey, anyone can join. Their, their local Republican Party, they can sign up and run for office. So you can be controller, you can be treasurer, you know, whatever kind of position may be open in your area. And that they see that as a way forward to expand their messaging and their ideology of hate and um, 
creating racist ethno states essentially that's why also this like i feel like the dog whistle language and the duality of it becomes so key because if you think about local elections and how in richmond for example they're all running as independent candidates you know if you think that's probably how it is in other localities it's definitely something that's feasible if you don't have people that are looking into the backgrounds that actually add the context to build this out. Right. Because yeah. I'm sure uh, our Richmond GOP chairperson is not doing it. He's a black man, a black pastor. Do y'all remember, I think it was it was either a state uh, house uh, or Senate run, uh, same time that Corey Stewart was running. Um, there was another guy in Virginia as a Republican running, and he had this whole like screed manifesto that he posted online and he was like and admitted to being a uh, pedophilia like into that and like murder and stuff like that and this dude is running for public office to be in congress there was one that actually i believe there was a picture taken where they might have written on a receipt a website for like a neo-nazi website like telling a server to visit this website Uh. and they it was the same day as unite the right or the day before and their wife was actually running for school board in their locality yeah i believe that was in fredericksburg stafford county yeah Mm -hmm. You are smashing the fash with RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania on WRIRLP 97.3 FM Richmond Independent Radio. Going to the one that people might have heard most about, um, actually no, I don't want to miss one. Um, Michael, Michael Morset is the next one that came out. Yes, um... Michael Morissette was found in the Discord logs from Identity Europa. Um, he has some interesting content. It wasn't an awful lot, but uh, some of the content that Michael Morissette was talking about was his uh, strong desire to live in an all-white community and be in all-white churches and workplaces and, you know, not have to deal with people of color. He was into branding his ideology in a way that made it more palatable to people that kind of would disguise the actual hatred part of it and get people in a mind frame that they think they can agree with him but if you actually understood what he was saying you knew it was just fascist ideology and unfortunately Morset was really good at putting these words together and making it sound not so bad so he's a linguist yes okay. And they would study, you know, actually work on delivering this image. So I did some digging on Morset. He left enough clues through the Discord logs to piece everything together and found his wife's Facebook, which linked back to his Facebook that he put screenshots of in his Discord log. Idiots. I, I know, right? Or was this, this, the only ones that are being caught are bad at it. Like, that's probably what terrifies me the most, is like, the mm-hmm. only ones being caught are just really, really bad. Yeah, and I mean, I hate to say it, but there are some that we're not going to catch mm-hmm. because there's just not enough content there. But... Especially, like, older generations, because it seems yeah, like they don't it's... have the social media base uh, uh, or mean, whatever. But yeah, but like, more said is 40 and trying to fit in with a group of people that are in their 20s yeah how do you do fellow kids what that's how you uh, pop yeah i found receipts online where morset had donated to rand paul for presidential campaign 2016 where he listed his employer as hca hospitals as a surgical assistant and i was able to place that all together and release uh, docs on him basically tying together 
everything that he had said, screenshots that proved that he was the person in the logs and where he works. After a few days of that circulating internet and people reaching out to HCA Virginia, I finally did get word from a few sources that will remain confidential that uh, stated that Morset was brought into the office and he was confronted with this and they uh, allowed him to resign with his benefits. Mm. Um, so he was not fired and they did not really take a stand against the fascism that they had employed. Mm. And they have made no public comment whatsoever about any of this. Well, I guess hatred right. needs healthcare too, right? <laughs> Fun fact. Okay. Uh, so that kind of was the extent of, of the Morrison one. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's, I think that's really, you know, a good example of why uh, continuing to get this story out across across the media uh, is really important because, you know, companies like HCA, they're, they're companies, right? And so they depend on their their dollar. The dollar is yeah. is what matters to them, and it's the the money and the branding, the reputation, yeah. right? and then the power. If we in the media don't don't continue to push this story and continue to get the word out, hey, there's a fascist, uh, racist guy working for you. So we need to keep pushing it because when it comes down to it, it's about it's about the money and the power and their reputation as an organization. Um, and so that's why it's important for for us all to continue to push these stories and push for answers yeah. on what are you doing to address this? How are you keeping continuing to keep us safe? You're saying you're responsible for our health. Well, this guy being employed, thankfully he's no longer employed. But like, what do you, you know? What yeah, you, you need to have do? a hardline stance on it because I need to know as a black person who does take my family members to that hospital mm -hmm. that they're going to get the treatment that they're supposed to get when nobody's looking. Right. And we already have an issue with racism in healthcare. And so then you've got a open person who's openly doing this and you guys don't have a response. Mm -mm, that's not acceptable. And a lot of the problems with uh, him in particular and it was Henrico Doctors Hospital. He was working in the operating room. Um, Morset attended Unite the Right in Charlottesville in 2017. He returned to work. People had figured out who he was and that he worked there after Unite the Right. There was a campaign to have him fired. He brags about in his Discord messages about... Nothing happening. Nothing happening. Being confronted with it, being scared that he was going to lose his job, him not losing his job, and things going on as normal. He brags about navigating the fine lines of what's appropriate with HR. What exactly can he say to push the limits of fascism in the workplace and not lose his job? What? Like it's a game. It's exactly, yes. exactly. So, you know, the, the hospital is very aware, I would believe. If there was a previous poster, campaign, y'all, y'all. That... This was a problematic person, and you know, luckily he's not there now. He will be looking for another job in healthcare somewhere, and we're going to try to keep an eye on that and figure out where he tries to go. I don't want to tangent too far, but kind of jumping in really quick with there is this is something that frustrates me at least is that sometimes with these investigations and then the, the after information comes out, it feels like the organizations are responding in a way that's extremely, extremely legal. 
So, for example, in uh, Patrick County, Virginia, there was an EMS uh, person uh-huh. that had actually a state investigation done. And through the course of the state investigation, they found that um, he did not end up losing his job because there was basically no evidence that they had treated somebody differently for their care. You're having to prove something in that situation that's saying you definitely did something wrong or you definitely treated someone different in this situation. And it's really difficult when also at the same time they're training themselves to use this coded language. To, to do it that way. Right. And then like even locally you have Richmond Ambulance Authority, somebody that works there for them and is making threats on social media against like left protesters. Right. Nothing's being done. There's no response to this. Uh, it's been uh, three months with Jake Hummer after saying that he wanted to run over uh, anti-fascist protesters with his brush guard. And the ambulance authority refuses to acknowledge that. Quick update on the EMS guy in Patrick County, though. He has been fired um, just uh, in the past couple weeks. So he was not fired of the during the initial investigation, but just recently the board of the like healthcare board of supervisors or whatever uh-huh. um, did vote to terminate. Um, his employment. Interesting. So his, I mean, I believe it's his employment's terminated, but he's still a licensed uh, caretaker, healthcare worker. That's interesting. So they they couldn't take his license for his beliefs and what he said, but they did terminate his job. Why not? They disbar uh, lawyers all the time. Mm-hmm. They take an oath too. Yeah. Healthcare takes a Hippocratic oath. I mean, it makes you wonder who is uh, running the show. So. What's behind all of it? So then, speaking to one that I think is pretty egregious. Daniel Morley. Oh, Daniel Morley. Daniel Morley. Old Danimal. Yeah, and before we kind of... <laughs> Danimal. Oh, gosh. That's a whole clothing <laughs> line in, in... That's a whole clothing line. It's a whole yogurt line. I thought it was yogurt, too. Well, yeah. it's yogurt, but it's it's also, like, clothing line in, like, Target, I think. Really? Or Walmart. I mean, well, yeah. The real question, though, is, is does everybody have a nickname? Like, did you end up developing nicknames for them? Oh, so the this, is, this is the one he chose. <laughs> oh! Yeah, that's his, that's that, his name that's, on... That's, that's his oh. username, his yeah. handle that's on... That's his On Discord, Danimal876, which I assume was... He was born in June of 87. Good, so good security culture there. So before we dive into this one, um, I think just re-highlighting the context of the fact that Identity Europa, which he's a member of, um, and a little bit more than a member, is a organization that typically targets younger uh, members. Absolutely. And is trying to disguise themselves in a way that presents well to this like clean cut younger demographic, especially since you've noticed how many of them have like social media presence that has been obviously doxxed. But tell me about good old Danimal. Yeah, so old Danny boy, um, he's been a member of Identity Europa since uh, about 2017. Um, you can, in their 2017 conference photo, uh, you can see him standing in the back, standing tall, smiling, shining proudly. Conference photo? Conference in his pureness. Photo. Yeah, in his, in his pureness. Um, so... He he was promoted, I guess, uh, within the organization to be a pledge coordinator, which essentially means he's responsible for the onboarding process of bringing all new members up to speed of how to how to work their way through how to manage the system that is Identity Europa. Um, and he seems to take it very seriously, you know, very cop like. To, to the rules, book, you know, what have you. Grown up fascist <laughs> Greek letter organization. <laughs> yeah. So so he hold, he holds a leadership position uh in this organization. Um so 
during our research, uh, not only the Discord logs, but, you know, finding posts under that same username from both recently and some years back on, on other websites and other um, white power uh, forums. He didn't even change his, his handle? No, uh, um, 2006. 2006. He's been wrapped up in all this. Yeah, which is when he graduated James River High School. With the same, oh, God, same high school nickname was Danimal. It had to be. Oh man, there's an AIM screen name of Daniel. Oh, I'm just saying, like, like what's that AIM profile? All like? of my, all of my, my, MySpace, all of mine are different. Are you serious? <laughs> yep. That's wild. Yeah, so, you know, we, f we found in various posts of his where he admits to being a, a cop, he admits to being a police officer. Um, in one of his Discord messages, he uh, refers to talking with a high school principal. He was talking to a high school principal uh, and walking around. And so those were some of our big clues. Like, okay, one, he says he's a cop. He'd just casually be talking with a high school principal, right? Um, and then part of what, what really we were able to identify him with was some of the Slack messages, which is just another messaging um, app. Uh, we found out that some of the Virginia members were having a little field trip coming down to Richmond to go to the American Civil War Museum at Tredegar. So uh, we, uh, Antifa Seven Hills, were actually given a little early tip on that. Uh, so we were able to um, have some friends out there just not trying to interfere with anything or confront anyone, but trying to confirm Gather intel. Yeah, gather intelligence, exactly. Um, and so, um, in the article that we that we posted uh, about Dan Morley uh, had his car, and that was one of the one of the links um, that said, you know, he was here, he was with his fiance, they were with the rest of the members, uh, including Patrick Casey, um, mm. who was here. So that, you know, we when they're in Richmond, when they're in Richmond, they're in Richmond field trip. Exactly. And then he was the one that was part of the religious organization that loops Correct. back to the yeah. first one. Correct. The uh, Eldrice Theodish Fellowship. Um, it was... Dan Morley was actually... Fascist Lord of the Rings. He's very Anglo-Saxon. He's actually, which I didn't uh, discover until in an anonymous tip recently, uh, he was legally a director of that organization. Um, and oh my! Stan... No, uh, Dan Morley. Oh, wow. Yes. He's just a leader. Yes. Um, Shaping young minds. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've heard different things about Stan being there, that he was there for a little while. The uh, Theodish Heathen Network wasn't really his deal. He was more into the Asatru beliefs, which is how he ended up with the Asatru Folk Assembly. Isn't the Acid Truth Folk Assembly the one that was connected to, like, a Chesterfield County... Tattoo parlor? Um, there, there were suspects that were um, caught by the FBI that wanted to bomb churches to start a race war in, in Chesterfield yeah. um, that were of the Acid Truth faith. Um, I can't necessarily pin them to AFA, but I will say that they were part of the Acid Truth faith. Okay. Yeah, so again, it, you know, it kind of shows that we can we can see how some of these net some of these fascist networks are structured, right? So we have there's like this kind of relatively smaller core group of 
really like more hardcore people that really want to incite violence and, you know, do the violence, you know, when we see, like we see with some of these mass shootings and, mm. and things like that. Uh, and then you have another circle around that, which I would say maybe Identity Europa falls more into in that where they're, they're affiliated and they're networked with the more violent people, but they're more of the, this gateway organization, right? So they get people to come in, just, hey, come, like, put stickers up, you know, promote your own... I can't uh, not laugh because I'm just saying, no, I'm just part like, of our street I'm crew! Like, I'm like, it's exactly. the marijuana of hard drugs, yeah. obviously. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, anytime someone's it's gateway the... drug, I immediately start going it into, is. like, bad anti-drug ads. Yeah, it's, the, yeah. it's the poppy cherry of racism. Got it. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And that's that's what they want to be, right? Just like, you know, they want to they want to pop your cherry into into being a racist and, and being a fascist. Um it's, it's who would have thought. Mm-hmm. Um and then also want to point out one other tie within the uh Theodish Fellowship was a VCU police officer. That's uh, right. Yeah. Ser- Sergeant Jennifer Ryman, who we don't necessarily have anything on her, so I'm not going to suggest that she was affiliated with any other organizations, but the uh, Theodish Fellowship itself was an organization with quite a few police officers, and a couple of them were also affiliated directly with white supremacist groups. So it just it really makes you wonder what other connections are there. I definitely think it's something worth looking into. Mm-hmm. So as a quick rundown then, that means there's... Robert Stam, Virginia Capitol Police Officer, been on paid leave since now February 7th, looked it up, or 6th, 2019. So glad my tax dollars are going to pay for that. And then you have Patrick Casey, the Executive Director of Identity Europa, out in Harrisonburg. I'm assuming now the Executive Director of AIM. Uh, their version of we like AIM. to say AMM. AMM, okay. Uh, because AIM, AIM is, is really the American Indian yeah. movement, and so we're trying to not give that... Good uh, God! So yeah, so we're any, so, any oxygen. So it's AMM. That, that's what we that's, like to okay. uh, use as an acronym for their yeah. stupid rebrand. Oh, I was curious which one. So then he's still then obviously active. Then you have Michael Morset, HCA provider, were right. allowed to resign in March. So like last week, Qu- quietly resigned. Took his benefits. benefits. Took his benefits. And then you have Daniel Morley, Chesterfield County police officer, who is going through the termination process. Mm -hmm. School school resource resource officer. LC Bird High School. Yeah. And then there is, so those are kind of the ones that have somewhat been addressed to some extent at least. So then still outstanding, there's Jake Hummer, Richard Campbell's authority. authority. Um, And then there is the VCU police officer. Yeah, I don't don't want to put too much attention on her because of the lack of any evidence on her, but I just want it it to be noted that there are other cops out there, yeah. Yeah. Um and then there is there is another um Identity Europa member that that was doxxed. Um he was a student or is a student at Old Dominion University in Norfolk. Mm, Um, mm. his name is Sam uh Fredeen. Uh he's a young kid. He's a college you know, it's like a I think he's a sophomore at, at ODU. Um, he is essentially the, the lead Virginia guy, you know, not including Patrick Casey, who's the head, head of. So he's like uh, the number two. Oh yeah. He's he's like, he's like the number one of all the Virginia guys. Um. As a sophomore. As a sophomore. At ODU in Norfolk. Yep. Right. 
Norfolk. Norfolk. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and so he was also present at the Texas Beach cleanup in 2018 with Dan Morley. Oh. And with two other members uh, who have yet to have a published uh, docs, huh. um, he was he was at, he's been at multiple events uh, of Identity Europa, um, from Washington D.C. rally where no one was at um, at their 2018 conference um, and other various things, and he said he's said some really. Uh, trashy stuff uh, in his Discord messages, uh. Uh, really talking about like creating uh, ethno states, and you know, <gasps> like uh, quote, give Cali to the Mexicans; uh. they'll be dependent on us for fresh water. End quote. Oh. So he's talking about you know this violent separation of people based on race or ethnicity, uh. and the white people being able to control that and forcibly do whatever. Say it with your chest, boo. Go say it in Park Place in Norfolk. <laughs> Go say it in Park Place in Norfolk with your chest. Right. And so we've been in contact with some other uh, local people um, down there around the ODU um, area. And so they're continuing to uh, put pressure on the school administration there. Yeah. Um, so... I encourage all all these listen all your listeners to um, check that out and hop on the bandwagon. I believe uh, the YDSA chapter of, of ODU is circulating a petition right now Great. Um, to have some kind of response from the school administration. Wow. So uh, as we kind of wrap up here, what's next? Like, does this just keep happening? I'm just going to keep digging through Discord logs and trying not to go crazy. Yeah, I mean, in Virginia, we know of at least around 20 to 30 members that live in Virginia. Um, and again, you know, like Queer Crimer mentioned earlier, we may not necessarily be able to publish an article on everyone just because mm. of the lack of lack of information or lack of lack of breadcrumbs, if you will. Mm. But um, we're going to do everything that we can uh, to help expose these folks. And again, you know, these are police officers; these are surgical assistants; these are students. Aunties. And, you know, it, yeah, it, they their professions run the gamut uh which is part of the part of the disturbing part like, yeah. kind of like you were talking about yeah this is a public service you guys are doing a public service because these people are clearly not safe and not appropriate to be dealing with the public in any way absolutely not so i was gonna ask like is that the goal them fired i'm just curious you know what what would be the appropriate response to something like this, if, if there's an organization out there that encounters it. If they're a police officer or a healthcare provider, absolutely. Yeah. Get them out of there. If it's a blue collar worker that's, you know, building houses, I'm not going to push this hard. You know, yeah, you get them fired. There are a million jobs out there for them to get. Um, but the blue collar work isn't putting other people in danger like a healthcare provider is. No, or, let them all go. Or mm -hmm. a fascist with a gun and a badge working in a you know heavily black community uh -huh. yeah you know they're the ones that need to go immediately yeah but really you know really i don't think 
termination of employment is really the goal, right? You know, that's that's an objective uh, with like as part of this larger campaign of anti-racism and anti-fascism. You know, we would hope that these individuals would renounce this hateful ideology, right? Doubtful. We one can hope. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, you know, there are instances of of people that have been high up in various white power organizations and for one reason or another they decided you know that their their time doing that was over they renounced and so there are organizations that try to help you know reform that mind that racist mindset because i think that's also important to remember is that people aren't born racist right they're taught and they learn that behavior and so that's part of part of the work that we all have to continue to do as neighbors, as friends, as a community, uh, to build a culture of anti-racism and anti-fascism and, and promoting um, strength through diversity and things of that nature. Um, okay, so I'll but, say the hard thing as a black person. No, they yeah. all need to go. Yep. Expeditiously. Um, because, and this is maybe... Um, harsh but i don't give a damn um it's poetic justice for so many black people because um for centuries you know black people don't even, we don't even get the job we can't even get fired from the job because we can't even get in the position so no let them go they can all go all of them fast I'll keep on working for, on that for you. Please, thank you. I love it. <laughs> well, if that's the, yeah. the only thing that hurts them. Right. You know, mm-hmm. getting somebody in their wallet. Right, Their exactly. savings account. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're in communities and networks, tighten the communities amongst themselves where what they do is acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they come into our communities, that's when we need to push them back out. Well, thank you all very much for coming on and also for the work you do. I know it's thank hours. You so much. Thank you, really. Thank you so much. You are really are doing a public service. <laughs> yes. Thanks for having us on today. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Enjoyed it. Right. Well, as always, Flint still has dirty water. RPS is still not fully funded, but we almost got a budget that says it's about to be, though. And Richmond is most certainly still racist. But clearly, we're working on it. Talk to y'all next week. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania on WRIRLP 97.3 FM Richmond Independent Radio. If you want to start or continue a community-based conversation with us, hit us up across all social media at RVA Dirt. Thank you so much to our guests, the Queer Crimer and Hemlock of Antifa Seven Hills for joining us today. They can also be found on Twitter if you have any hot tips. Until next time. Richmond.